Welcome to Season 3, Episode 72 of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Derek, and I am joined by Caleb today. Caleb, how you doing? It's a great day to talk football. You know what that day is? It is Thursday, which means Thursday night football. Um, you will not hear the sultry sounds of Sean tonight, our other co-host, because he is learning the martial art of underwater basket weaving. Good luck, Sean. Hold your breath. You can do so, it, buddy. I believe in you. So uh, everyone has heard our previous Thursday night uh, football cast before, but just in case you haven't, we talk about a couple of things. Uh, tonight is the Rams versus the Seahawks. Finally a game that I want to watch on Thursday night football. So we will go over the injury, injury reports, those who are injured and those who are not participating in practice. I will go over my trench war. Everyone loves that. Uh, Caleb will talk about his coaches and who's going to clash with one another. And then me and Caleb will pick the game against the spread. So, Caleb, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the injury report? So, first things first, the injury report for the Rams is really clean. Uh, they have a couple of people who are listed as limited participants. Probably the most notable is Daryl Henderson Jr. He played on Sunday. He's going to play on Thursday. I don't have any doubt about that. And in general, if you're limited in practice, that means they're not resting you completely, so you're playing. For the Seahawks, the notable ones there are that wide receiver D. Eskridge was a did not practice on Tuesday as he is dealing with a concussion. And Chris Carson was a did not practice with a neck injury today. This was kind of the first that we had heard about that for Chris, which, of course, is a big thing for, uh, you know, we, we love any mentions we can get to our home state here and he's an Oklahoma state cowboy. So we want, we want to see him healthy and strong and back on the field. But when you're do not practice with a neck injury, it's not a good sign for you. So uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks decide to rest him and go with uh, possibly an Alex Collins, Rashad Penny backfield instead. We'll have to see, uh, as we get closer to kickoff, what those inactives are, and we'll try to share them on our Twitter at Brody Talk. So, Sean McVeigh, Coach McVeigh, I know you're a listener. Uh, me and you talk on all the time. Um, can you please um, play Sony Michelle more? I need him for my fantasy team. Um, I thought that that he was going to be a bigger part of your offense. Uh, just as a personal favor, uh, Henderson can sit for this week, um, and I need some points out of Michelle. Just personal favor. That being said, speaking of players who are playing in the game, let's talk about my trench warfare for this week. And how most people would think, oh, yeah, we're definitely talking about Aaron Donald because Derek talks about Aaron Donald all the time. I want to go opposite. I want to go the guys protecting the new asset, Matthew Stafford, uh, in L.A. So one of my favorite dudes for a long time, he's been in the league for 16 years, out of Louisiana State University. That's Andrew Whitworth. He is a left tackle. 
and he will be going up against Al Woods. And then also ranging around Al Woods is going to be Jordan Brooks, uh, the linebacker uh, for the Seahawks. So uh, Jordan Brooks, second-year player out of Texas Tech, once again, kind of a, a local connection. We're, we're in the Big 12 country, or at least for the next few years, we'll be Big 12 country. Who knows what's going to happen when OU in Texas goes to another uh, three initial conference. But anyways, uh, Texas Tech is still going to be in the Big 12. Jordan Brooks, uh, I watched him at, at a college. He is a very fast guy. And he can go sideline to sideline. And he is a really good blitzer. A really good um, guy where if you get the, the running back on the outside, he can get to that running back very quickly from his position. So... With that, a lot of times the the left tackle is just for pass protection, but also you get on that that outside run, they have to take out some linebackers, get to that second level. So um, Andrew Whitworth is going to take care of Al Woods pretty easily uh, most of the night. I don't think that he's going to get any kind of pressure on uh, Stafford, but it is the the second level. It's It's going to be the Jordan Brooks that I worry about. And so I can't wait to see what a 39-year-old uh, offensive lineman, which, I mean, we, we hear more and more about age in the NFL. There's these older players are sticking around forever. Um, and and Whitworth has been there, for been in the league a long time. Uh, so, Caleb, any thoughts on... Um, have you had any any funny stories about Andrew Whitworth or anything you want to share about this matchup? So I do know that Andrew Whitworth is solid. You know, he's been in the league for a long time. He was part of the Players Association for a long time uh, as far as the leadership of that. Just a lot of respect for the guy. He's still out there playing at, what, 40 years old? That 39 doesn't happen right for, now. Okay, well... Soon to be 40, I'm going to say. Yeah. And you don't see offensive linemen doing that. It's tougher for their bodies with all the weight that they have to carry around to be able to do that. I think that he's been smart. He's taken good care of himself. And I'm happy for him. I hope that he goes out and has a fantastic game for the Rams. Not necessarily because I want the Rams to do super great, but because I think Andrew Whitworth is a great human. And I'm glad that we were able to talk about him. Great. So let's move on to your coaching clash. I, I like that term, coaching clash. So who do you have this week um, that you are looking at each sideline and who's coaching at whom? So it is going to be a little bit interesting because I know you mentioned Jordan Brooks, but I'm looking more at the running backs of coach of the St. Not the St. Ooh, I almost said Saint Louis Rams. That's that's they're not there. The Los Angeles Rams, and the linebackers coach of the Seattle Seahawks. So, let's start on the offensive side. So, we have the coach Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown was a running back at the University of Georgia back in the day, and he led the team in rushing in the 05 and 06 seasons and had 25 touchdowns in his college career. 
He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the 2008 NFL draft in the sixth round, but he didn't record any stats. So there's no NFL stats out there for him. Uh, he did re retire uh, after the spending the 09 season with the Browns to pursue coaching opportunities. Uh, you know, he worked his way up as a running back coach, started at UT Chattanooga, then went to Marshall. And then his third year as a running back coach, he was at Wisconsin. And he coached a fellow there by the name of Melvin Gordon. Heisman Trophy runner-up Melvin Gordon, that would be. So great job for him there. Uh, he also had Corey Clement in the backfield, working with two guys that have made a name for themselves at Wisconsin and beyond. Then he went back to Georgia. Uh, was running back coach under Mark Richt in one of Mark Richt's last seasons. And oddly enough, he was the running back coach for Sony Michelle. Uh, so he's got a connection there. Maybe, maybe Thomas Brown is the one we need to talk to, to get, to get Michelle out there on the field a little bit more, you know, remember your homeboy that you coached back in college, Sony Michelle, get him back out on the field in the NFL. Now, uh, after that, he was an offensive coordinator for a few years with the Miami hurricanes, then was the running backs coach at South Carolina and then got brought on by the Rams. So this, the Rams is his first NFL job, but he worked with several high profile colleges. And I think that his niche as a running back coach is kind of what fits him best. I wouldn't necessarily see him going for a coordinator job, especially after his coordinator tenure at Miami was not necessarily great. Uh, Miami Hurricanes, that is. But that's Thomas Brown. So coaching against him on the other side is not an astronaut, John Glenn. Huh. Uh, that, that was, I appreciate the laugh, Derek. That was probably one of the worst jokes I could have tried to make there. So when you try to figure out information about John Glenn, you find almost nothing at all because... Basically, he went to East Stroudsburg's university and he played linebacker and was also on their basketball team. So he played two sports in college. Pretty athletic dude, it sounds like. Uh, East Stroudsburg Warriors, if you're not familiar with them, are in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. When I looked at their football program, probably the most notable person to come out of there is the current head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions, James Franklin. So that would have been before John Glenn's time there, but got to give any kudos to you can when you're talking about universities that you've never heard of until you start researching. So John Glenn, as far as his coaching career is concerned, he spent two seasons at the University of Washington as a quality control coach. Then he became an assistant with Seattle. So he's kind of been up in the Pacific Northwest his entire coaching career. Started off just as a coaching assistant, defensive quality control, assistant linebackers coach in 2017, and then has been the linebackers coach from 2018 to now. You know, I think that in general, a lot of that is the fact that Seattle lost a lot of coaching talent over the years when people were hiring their Dan Quinns and 
you know, just Gus Bradley's and poaching the coaching staff over and over. And John Gwen has been promoted as a result of that. I wouldn't necessarily say that the linebackers have been better or worse under his tenure the last four years than they were before that. But that's also because in front of him is Ken Norton, who is a fantastic linebacker, Ken Norton Jr., and who is the defensive coordinator. So, I mean, if John Glenn really has a question, he's going to be able to just be like, hey, Ken, what what should I do differently here? But kudos to him. I know that uh, Bob Wagner has looked good under him. KJ Wright has looked good under him. And now, as you said, Jordan Brooks is there under him as well. So Thomas Brown versus John Glenn, that is the coaching clash for this week. So, Caleb, I have kind of an off-script uh, question here. Did you ever want to be a coach when you were growing up and in, uh, in, in following football? I I think that I would have probably enjoyed it. I don't know that I would be great at doing the technical parts, uh, which is why I will never be able to get into coaching. I'm not an athlete. I cannot say, hey, you need to put your hand here instead of here. You know, you need to put your foot here when you're passing instead of here you know i'm not i'm not a fundamental one because i've never played or did the positions but i feel like sometimes when you go okay well let's bring this all together that's somewhat where my mind works better i whether it's something like uh chess or other board games where you can see all the pieces that are trying to move and you need to try to move accordingly. I love that. And I feel like in general, when you're doing that with football, um, I somewhat consider it to be a little bit of an art. It's the art that I appreciate. It's the arts and entertainment that I enjoy. You know, you have 11 people working together to execute one thing. It's never just a defensive lineman that gets the sack. It's the coverage behind it. It's never just you know, the running back that breaks through the hole. It's how did everyone get their blocks? What receivers are blocking on the outside? Who was able to get to the next level? If not all 11 people are doing the right thing, you're going to look wrong. And so, yeah, I would have, I would have loved to have been able to get into that and orchestrate a little bit of that. So moving from coaching to betting, we move to our against the spread picks for this Thursday night game. Um, we have the Rams are giving the Seahawks a point and a half, which surprises me a little bit. Uh, I, I think Vegas is Vegas, not the Raiders, but Vegas as in the betters um, <laughs> are giving the Seahawks a lot of credit on in this particular game seahawks are good you listen to our uh, our power ranking episode brody's saying that they're a good team as well but the the point and a half line um either means both teams are not great or both teams are really good so um for me i am going to take the rams and uh give the point and a half. I think they're they're going to beat the Seahawks by more than a point and a half. And um, I think they're going to, you know, for me, I'm taking the Rams to win the game um, wholeheartedly. So, Caleb, what do you think and what are you picking? I think it is going to be a fairly close one. 
I mean, anytime you have a divisional game, the Rams are clearly going to be hungry because they just got beat at home against Arizona. Seattle's riding high after dropping two in a row with their win last week in San Francisco. It's tough because part of me in general just goes on Thursday night, if it's close, take the home team. And I think that that might be more of where Vegas is at this week. I'm still going to take the Rams minus one and a half. I think Matthew Stafford is too good. And the Seattle secondary is where they are shaky. I don't think that they're going to be able to develop the same pass rush that the Cardinals were able to. And I think Henderson is going to be able to to break some runs when he needs to. Uh, or Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle is going to do that. Yes. Uh, Matthew Stafford will not be breaking big runs. Uh, I will do. I will go ahead and conf- hot take of the week. No big runs from Matthew Stafford. Um, I I do think that the Rams are going to get it done. If I had to try to project a final score right now, I'm going to say something like. Rams 27, Seattle 23. I I feel like it's going to be – no one's going to get a ton of points, but they're going to be able to get points. Yeah, so also it has taken me until week five or uh, to get mostly on board with Matthew Stafford being the quarterback automatically in my mind rather than Jared Goff. Um, I, I said it earlier, and I only barely had to think about it. So – Hopefully, by week 17, week 18, um, I am talking about Matthew Stafford as the quarterback of the Rams and Jared Goff doing his thing in the the blue uniforms up in Detroit. So that's going to bring us to a close uh, for today's Thursday night preview. Um, If you have a favorite podcasting platform and they allow you to leave a review, please do that. We think we're a five-star podcast, so we would prefer a five-star review. And if you uh, leave us words, and if you're able to to give us a comment on there, we'll read it on, on the podcast, and we'll give you a shout-out. Uh, so interact with the pod at our Twitter, at Brody Talk. Um, you can find our link to Twitter and everything on our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk. That includes YouTube. So uh, our past episodes in YouTube uh, or have have YouTube this week will not be because of technical difficulties within uh, Google. I'm going to blame them. So on behalf of Caleb, a newly minted black belt in underwater basket weaving, Sean and myself, Do me a favor and have a wonderful day. Bye.